Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. I think the yellow card is fair because I was rude, but I was rude to an idiot, and uh, and for some reason, for some reason I was rude, but I was, and because I was rude, I deserve the I deserve the yellow card. There's some suggestions as well on the internet that you were trying to look at their notes. Is that true? What? I don't know what to say. Oh, Jose. You funny, funny, angry little man. It's coming out already. Tottenham did not look good against Southampton. All out of sorts. We missed Sonny. But now Harry Kane down with a hamstring injury. Oh, man. Things are not looking good in Tottenhamville at the moment. Um, I don't think Jose is going to be able to spend any money in the January transfer window although they are linked to everybody right now because the January silly season is upon us, and I am falling for all of the clickbait, hook, line, and sinker here at the, the beginning again. It'll be the first January window that I really pay attention to, which last summer was the first transfer window I paid attention to, and you just learn that all these rumors are bullshit all the time. Soccer rumors are so stupid because they're never right. The worst part about it is the misinformation that's spread on Twitter. And there are full accounts that are just, they lie. I think it's like at Hotspur something. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. See, now I don't know. And I'm just ranting. And by the way, that's what you're getting tonight, unfortunately for you. We had a Chelsea guest from Boston. Do you like Boston? Yeah, I signed up. Couldn't get him on. Then uh, Tyndall, our boy Brad, the rooster, had, I don't know what, some bullshit. He was like, I'll have something for a C-level executive. Uh, I don't know, but he left me stranded, so here I am. I have to be honest with you, Rooster and the Devil faithful, that at times I do want to quit the podcast myself. Sometimes it feels like a lot of work, although it's really not. In the end, when we get all the guys together, we're just hanging, drinking beer on camera. But, uh, you know, life happens, and we're not getting paid for this. This is free content. We really like it, but we're at our year mark. We're, uh, we have to renew our subscription for a, a small amount, but it is a decision point here at the end of January, and it's crazy. We've been going a full year at the end of this month, and we've been very dedicated. We have not missed a, missed a week all year, but uh, we're grown men. Jimmy's got a new kid. I got another kid on the way. I hope, I think we'll continue, and if you're listening out there, Thanks for listening. I don't I don't exactly know why you listen to us. Although, I don't know. We're all right. <laughs> all right. I want to do more fun stuff. All right. Let's check it out. Here is Jose after the Norwich City tie from last Saturday. Uh, Tottenham was on the road, 2-2 to Norwich. They lost. Uh, Harry Kane had a penalty in the 83rd minute that got us the tie, and then Tottenham repressing, blah, 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 blah. But let's let's hear Jose on it. We start the game creating chances. We finish the game creating chances. We start the game playing well. Then we had our 28th of December gift, which is not Boxing Day, but we had a gift on the on the 28th. And then the team until the end of the first half felt it a little bit. Second half, we played even better than in the first half. Really offensive, taking lots of risks, dominating the game. 
uh, scoring the equalize. And then, with 30 minutes to win the game, gift number two. And then, a normal team with a normal soul would, would lose the game. But no, the team kept playing, the boys played even better, more intense, more aggressive, pressing, recovering the ball, lots of quality going forward. We scored the second goal, and I think we could even even score the third. But then Norwich was time for them to to fight for that point and to defend hard, which they did. Why did you abandon the three at the back? Because I was losing. Because uh, I want one one more attacking player. There you go, right at the end, that, there, did you hear that? I want one more attacking player. I think that there is going to be some action in the January window, specifically at that spot. But uh, I also like what, what Jose was saying about the game. I thought that the Spurs actually played well against uh, Norwich. They drew, whatever. I mean, I think that Carroll Road is actually a hard place to play, and I find it interesting how much better the bottom the, the complete bottom of the table is this year than it was last year with Huddersfield I think you know Man City lost away at Carroll Road and if you look at uh if you look at Norwich's last few fixtures they've had a bunch of ties and um they look better all of a sudden and I think the relegation battle this year is going to actually be super fun and that leads me to Watford's coach. I wanted to put in a soundbite. I don't know if any of this is illegal, by the way. I really hope not. I, I'm just trying to have some fun with it. But here's Watford's coach after they beat Wolves 2-1. Watford just changed uh, to Nigel Pearson, who we, we talked about in the Leicester episode. Uh, but here he is after that big win. And... To what do you attribute that um, I was going to be frivolous uh, by giving you a stupid answer, but uh, by showing that we had a desire to keep the ball out of our net when things didn't go our way in the second half, I thought we showed um, an understanding of the right way to try and win that game. We knew it was going to be a, a day which... We might not see as much of the ball as we would like because we're playing against a side who are very accomplished at playing possession football. Go Wolves. Um, with good individuals and a very clear way of playing. So they, they are a good team. Um, but I, I always felt that when we did have spells of possession that we, we looked dangerous. Um. Time out, real quick. Do you remember Watford from last year? They were hovering around seven or eight, right in right in line with the Wolves last year, and it was just shocking to see them lose and lose and lose this season so far. But they're still nineteenth uh, of the table despite two wins in the last two games. Uh, they're at nineteen points, but keep in mind that the difference between nineteen and let's see. Everton at 11 is 6 points. And then Arsenal, 27 points, right above them. But anyway. So in the first half, you know, they, they didn't really have too many situations that we were concerned about. Um, but I thought, we, I thought we created some good opportunities. Uh, and, and to go two goals up is always... Uh, I mean, that, that gives you a bit of breathing space. But certainly, um, at the end, yeah, we're, we're hanging on a little bit. But the desire of the players to keep the ball out of the net uh, and get the bodies, to use a cliche, put the bodies on the line uh, for the team and for our situation was, I think, clear for everybody to see. And that, that bodes well for us. It doesn't mean that we've... That uh, our season's saved for sure. We we have to show that every week. But uh, if if you've seen us in the last few weeks, 
we've won games in different ways and it's always important that your team are able to do that so um, yeah at times we've played some really good football and won uh, today it was about showing desire and character and uh, as well as ability because let's not forget we scored two goals and two good goals um, and there you know alright there was a deflection on the second one but a huge deflection on their goal as well so um uh, All right, I Nigel, you're boring me. Let's move on, on to Frankie Lampard. Pretty... Actually, uh, we have a special guest that just arrived. Uh, Jessica, how how you doing? Doing swell, doing swell. So you're about you got nine weeks to go to, to yeah. the baby comes out. <laughs> Less than nine now, actually. Well, yeah, that'll be a thing. It's gonna be a lot of crying. Jimmy knows what's going on. He just had a had yeah. a new baby. You get an extremely hormonal wife oh boy. plus a newborn and a toddler. How are you going to hold up? You know, I was just I was explaining to the podcast listeners that I wasn't sure if we're going to continue the podcast in January. That sounds like a lot of work. What's uh, you know, what's the over under on uh, you know votes as to whether we're going to make it or not? I think we're going to keep doing it. It's pretty cheap. It's like one fifty. I don't know, but everyone's getting busy. Tyndall had a bail. I understand. Sometimes I yep. want a bail. Jimmy's got a bail. Just the way it is. It's life. But I wanted to ask you a couple of soccer questions. Go. <laughs> Where in the table do you think Tottenham is right now, based on it's 1 through 20? I believe Tottenham is fifth. That's a, that's a great guess. This new coach has done some good things for him, although it is controversial. His style is uh, is questionable, and we'll we'll see where the team goes over uh, you know the next few years. Mm. How would you describe my state of mind when I was watching the game uh, on Wednesday? Did you catch me watching it all, or, or a recent game? I think I called them a lot of names. You did, you did. There, depending on how they're playing, there's either a lot of swearing. Or swear. just... I guess I swear. You always swear. Yeah. You did. <laughs> win, win or lose. But, uh, you know, if they're playing poorly, definitely more swearing. Yeah. Call them losers a lot right now, too. Yep. But I shouldn't because they're in sixth place. So it's a pretty good it was guess. It was a bad loss, though. It was a bad loss. They just yeah. Had. They just lost to Southampton. They're not a good team. And they just Shouldn't tied they? North City, Carrow Road out on the East Coast. See, you don't care. I could see yeah. her face as I was saying those details. She she cares not at all, and yet I tell them anyway. You know the joys of being a spouse. Mm. So Harry Kane, how many goals do you think he has? Top scorer has seventeen. Right now, and that's I'm pretty high. I'm gonna say nine. Wow, spot on. I am just killing it tonight. Do you know what kind of goal he just scored? Penalty kick. <laughs> How many of these nine are penalty kicks? I don't know. I'd have to I look think, that up. I'd I think that, that needs up. to qualify his ranking because... Yeah, but he's just such... It's just your odds of getting a penalty kick are so much higher. They are, but he gets the penalties a lot. And he's... I can't describe to you how good he is at taking penalties. That's a rarity. You see people missing them all the time. He rarely misses. You just need to make sure you're putting it on frame. That's number one priority with the penalty kick. Of course, of course. Do you remember the Calvin D3 playoff game? Yep. AJ off Skyed frame. It. Oh, Lydia, I think, Lydia was off Skyed. frame. Yeah. yeah. AJ missed left. Yep, two yeah. doing around. Yeah. How are you in penalty shootouts? I was phenomenal at penalty shootouts. Were you shootouts. really? Yep. Did you take yeah. penalties uh, yep. for your All club through, team? Uh, no, just for high school. Mm. I did. Uh, for high school school. Did all of them for high school. So you scored a lot of fake goals. I did. I did. I don't count those. Did you feel good about that when you scored? You didn't feel good at all? I felt okay. I felt okay. But it's not the same as scoring a true goal. Like an in-action goal. You could see Harry, too. He's a little more subdued in the celebration when he scores a penalty. He's not, like, a crazy guy. But I think it should qualify his stats. Yeah, but he's out for a few months, so they're screwed. ACL? Uh, no, it was a hamstring injury. Uh, torn Just a hamstring. few months. Yeah, I think it's torn. I, I'd have to look that up again. Yeah. And how do you think Pulisic's playing on Chelsea? 
Uh, Do you he, like Christian Pulisic? She's he, a U.S. Men's National Team fan, I'd say. Yeah. Um, average, I'd say. I think he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. He's had some phenomenal games, others where he's uh, just okay. Perfect. He had a he had a great like four game stretch, but he's got six goals and six assists right now. Playing pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Do you want to rant about anything else before I let you go? <laughs> no, nope, that's it. You? Well, what's annoying about me right now? What would you say top, top annoying quality is? <laughs> well, I think I, I just laid something out just moments ago. I think but... I always forget what it was. <laughs> I'm not airing that on the podcast. Oh. That's right. I was going more for like things around the kitchen. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I've put balls in the same spot for seven years. <laughs> I feel like I got the balls down in the dishwasher now, no? No, you put them in like a different spot every time. No, I put them lined up against the back every single time now. No, yeah. no. You're like putting them sideways in there. <laughs> I recorded that, so so you have your rant now. Oh, God. (laughs) It's been seven years. I know how to load the dishwasher. I'm a fine loader of the dishwasher, and I don't really want to hear it. No, you you waste space. (laughs) But I'm quick to load and quick to empty. That's the most important part. It's true. That's true. I'll give you that. (laughs) And now, Frank Lampard, after the 1-1 tie... Against Brighton. It's dropped, or do you just have a salute? Incredible equaliser. Um, it was an incredible equaliser, for sure. Um, but I think we deserved it because it is two points dropped. Because the first half, if we're ruthless, the game's out of sight. Not to say we had multiple chances, but we had control. We had opportunities to people in that could score, make decisions around the box to, to score, to keep switching the ball, to keep doing what we did in the first 20 minutes and we came off that slightly and we allowed them to feel like they're still in the game and they're a good team so when they started to play a bit later in the game then they cause you problems On the goal, it was spectacular but um, don't want the first header Yeah, but he will do they're bigger than us so you try and compete as well as you can they had a few corners that can happen and you have to worry about the second ball and you can't stop the actual execution of the of the strike but you know, they are bigger than us I thought we dealt with set pieces not too bad today in to a degree but obviously with one like that it happens and uh, they get their goal what, because today you save the team do you think well we've got work to do because um, the Christmas period has probably been small um, showing of, of our season some Tottenham was a fantastic all-round performance. Arsenal showed great spirit and fight for a young group. Southampton, we struggled to break a team down and lost a game at home. And then today, from a game where we should have the, the mindset to, to, to kill it because um, the opportunity was there in the first half, and we don't. So that it shows the good and the bad of us. And uh, that shows that there's we must remain humble, we must work hard. We've had two great results over Christmas, but there's a lot of work to do. How do you think that the mindset is it's not that the mindset's there it's just how you work to try and win games you have to you know, deal with them in game and that's uh, part, of the, part of the process is it also part of the process with younger players that they have to to learn how to, to see out games and how to, and to have that clinical edge when it, when it really matters uh, yeah maybe I mean I think sometimes that you can accuse um, a bad period in the game of a lack of fire, a lack of urgency, a lack of whatever. Um, today wasn't. Today was a lack of quality on the ball. So we, you know, we 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 had a situation in the first half where we knew the problem for them. We could find our fullbacks easily, um, keep control of the ball easily, and then we just decided not to keep doing that, not to keep doing the simple things. And then all of a sudden you're losing, and giving the ball away, and then when you're getting opportunities to score, you're not taking them. And if you don't do that at this level, then you're not going to win games that you should. Yeah, maybe, and uh, and I think that's where they slightly matched up with us in the second half. I think then it becomes a match-up, which is, you know, are, we, are you better than us, are we better than you? And we didn't do enough at that point. It can't just be about Jorginho getting on the ball. If that, if that's, if that avenue's shut down, then there has to be other ways to play, so... That can't be the answer. I think it was a collective um, in terms of the, the the 
the lowering in quality of our game today. That wasn't just um, any one individual. And I think there were actually some really standout performances, particularly Kante, particularly Kepa, I think Tony Rudiger. Um, but in general, for the team, we lost too many balls. Frank, your window's open. Um, does today highlight the fact that you need new players? There's a lot of talk about Sahar. Would you like him? Would you be willing to include Giroud in a deal with Palace for that to happen? I, I wouldn't talk about Zahar and the, the idea of that deal was something I've never even considered. So, um, Would you like that, potentially? Sorry? When you like, potentially? No, as I said, oh, I won't talk up, about Saha because he's, he's not a player of ours. And, um, if Sometimes we have to do business, we'll do it in the, in the way that we see fit to try and make us better. And um, that's behind closed doors as opposed to just announcing that we might want to bring in. Idiot. OK, thanks a lot. We'll leave it there. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> well, that was mean of me. But honestly, you see so many dumb questions in a reporter's room, and I understand why players stop answering the questions with thoughtful answers instead of just giving the journalists what they need for a quote in an article. And it's actually sad that journalism got that way. And I I think that's, you know, the NBA, I want to quickly talk about David Stern and what he did. And personally for me, uh, David Stern had a big effect on how I was able to get NBA access because his goal, one of his goals was to grow the game globally and was very successful in doing that. But they let every Tom, Dick, and Harry blogger, podcaster into the NBA games. And then, unfortunately, the downside of that is you get stupid questions. And I, and I think that's just the way journalism is now. And access is great. It's good for business. And I completely understand why the NBA and other leagues would go that avenue. But at the same time, it waters down journalism. But it's, it's watered down at this point. It's it's like the icebergs have melted and, and climate change is in full effect and, and sports journalism will, will never be the same again. But that's a very odd rant for me to get into right now. I wanted to just quickly bring up Danny Ings, not because, not just because he scored the goal that sunk us, uh, you know, Southampton beat us 1-0 on New Year's Day. I think the dude's just scoring an incredible amount of goals. He's kind of a Liverpool cast-off. So I wanted to just hear his thoughts of of the game uh, about Tottenham uh, after the game. Here it is. Liberty, Liberty, oh, Liberty, Never mind, here's an ad. Liberty. Just ignore Liberty Mutual, please. Well, at least one of us was. Should I leave this in? We've got a goal scorer and the captain, Pierre Emile, first of all. Tell us why you were much better than Spurs today. I think the way the it's way we face the game with an attitude when we get, we don't give up, we keep going, we support each other. We manage the game well, we play when we have to play, we fight when we have to fight. I think we have more heart today. Danny, your goal, Gaza like in many ways, and you put it by a Gaza. Nice goal. <laughs> well very nice you know, goal. It's, it's one of those runs in behind that I like to do. Um, a little bit of a gamble then. I think he thought I was gonna shoot in the first action, um, but taking it inside and then slotting it. Um, but it was a great ball. I think it was Jack who put it in behind. And yeah, it was a good goal. Nine in nine starts for you at the moment. When you're fit, you must feel like you can score every single game. That's the key, isn't it? Being fit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I said in a previous interview that it's taken a little crowd in the background. It's great. To, to come back and be in the shape that I'm in. Um, but I never give up on that. I worked every day, you know, as hard as I could to, to be in the shape. But, you know, I can't, I can't score these goals without my teammates. And, the last few weeks, I really, I really feel like we've come a long way. It's been a, it's been such a tough year for us. Um, to start the year with a, the new year with a win like this, it's just, just amazing. So yeah, I'm very proud of us as a team. It's ten points from twelve available in your last few matches. It's a, it's a great run you've had over this festive period. Uh, like I say, I'm so, I'm so proud of the team. I'm so proud how everybody contributes to what they have to do. And that's also important in a team. Everybody it's knows also what Pierre to do, what to do with it. Emil Hoiberg. That is now more or less set for us. And uh, yeah, I'm so proud. I don't know what to say. I'm so proud. Well, Southampton should be proud of you today because you are the man of the match, Captain. If you'll do the honours, please, Danny. Well done, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So it was also an important win for, for Southampton. I think I mentioned them earlier in the pod. They are definitely uh, now upper mid-table. 
well, they're at 12. They're at 25 points, but you know that's only five points off of Wolves at seven. That's only, oh man, that's only six points off of fourth uh, with Chelsea. So kind of kind of neat. We're still early in the season, so there will be more definition in the relegation battle, I'm sure. But that's where we stand right now. Uh, and next, I wanted to just talk about Jurgen Klopp. And they beat Sheffield United and are just dominating and haven't lost a Premier League game in a full year. Ugh. Yeah, that's obviously good. Um, but the target tonight was not to, to extend the series or whatever it was. The target was to win the game. And um, the boys did incredibly well. Um, I think the best thing you can say against when you play against Sheffield United is keep the game not spectacular so don't make it spectacular because you have to control them and we did that in possession I have no clue how how, um, how the possession was exactly but uh, must be massive number and played around their formation played in behind um, played in between broke the lines um, had counter attacks even then with quick restart stuff like that all the things we wanted to have so the boys did just a sensation played a sensational game tonight actually maybe it took a while for that second goal to come did you feel it was deserved you know a bit earlier than that yeah of course well, who cares about when, it, when you score it actually um, yes of course we had a couple of situations where we could have scored um, but no I said you, you saw these glimpses in a game when we were kind of a bit, of, a bit sloppy when we lost a little bit concentration and they were immediately there they were not bothered about having no possession they wanted these two three situations where they can score with and so we needed it was from concentration wise it was an incredible um tough job to do and um so but the boys did really well and so i'm really happy i know the fa cup is coming quick now but this is the end of the, the festive period if you like everyone said this was maybe a difficult patch for you you've come through it with flying colors you must be so happy how could that how can that be the end of the festive period when you play in three days another game so um we don't nothing ends uh, nothing ends before someone uh, and whatever whenever in may um so we have to make sure that we are ready again and we try but your consistency you must be so pleased how there's been no let up at all Yes, I'm really happy. I'm really proud of the boys. That uh, I said it plenty of times, and, it's, and I cannot say it often enough because it's how I said. You don't, we should not take things like this for granted. Uh, should it's not allowed to happen um, because it's so difficult. And, and and control Sheffield United like we did tonight is exceptional. I, I don't. We watched a lot of games of them because we wanted to prepare the boys as good as possible. And um, I didn't see a game like this um, of them. And that's what we tried to make sure that it must be different for them to play against us. And the boys did really well. How said in possession we were incredible we were calm but um so as well so all the things you need the goals we scored were exceptional um and so yeah cannot say any bad at all well done thank you very much again. Well done. all right now i heard this on twitter earlier this is chris wilder this is sheffield united's coach after the game and sheffield united has just been incredible since being promoted i was wondering about Sheffield United. I went back to look at Wolves, and you know, last year was their first year back in Premier League. I, I thought I remembered that, but I I did confirm that earlier. Maybe it was the second year back. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but anyway, Sheffield United recently promoted, having a fantastic season. Here's what the coach had to say after after that Liverpool game. Chris, that was a tough night. It was hard to land on a glove a glove on them, really. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, you got it spot on. I think you must have just heard my my uh, chat to him. Yeah, because I did. Um, yeah, very unlike us. Um, look at both parts of the game. Us, I thought we really uh, didn't lay a glove on them. Didn't do anything that's got us into this position. I've got to say, I thought they were outstanding. But they didn't really have to get out of second or third gear. But they did all the things that I talk, people talk about academy coaches and all this nonsense about you know technical and tactical stuff. When we played them at our place, we laid a glove on them and made it difficult for them. So they won every first ball, every second ball, dropped on every second ball, ran forward and ran back. And uh, they did that miles better than us. So when, when academy coaches and all this nonsense that comes out about coaching, have a little peek at Liverpool tonight. Um, and like I said, played in second and third gear, but still had the humility and the desire to do that as well as world champions, as European champions, uh, and, uh, as, and obviously well on the way to being Premier League champions. You got an early mm. kick, though, didn't you? And that early goal was a blow for the team. Yeah, obviously, it's you know, a bit unfortunate with Georgie slipping. But then again, they were fourth minute. Uh, and then, and I think, apart from the goalkeeper, 
you know, talk about redeem yourself. Uh, he certainly did tonight in his performance. Made two or three great, great saves. Uh, kept us in it. Um, we had a couple of chances, but you know, as I said, it was a, it was a really below par performance. I've got to say, you know, when you go into the Premier League, I poss- you possibly do expect you know one of these t- these one of these performances al- uh, along the way. So for it to be our 20th or 21st, and it's the first time it's it's happened, then I can take a little bit of comfort from that. Um, but uh, but certainly now we need to dust ourselves off. Thankfully, we've played Liverpool twice. I uh, wish Jurgen and, uh, and Liverpool all the best. They'd, I love everything about them, the way they go about tactical, technical players. But the top bit, the physical and mental part of it, is is is, is amazing. And if that's good enough for them, then it's certainly good enough for anybody else. Thanks very much, Chris. Cheers, Des. Thanks, mate. All right, now I wanted to have a little bit of fun. I have never watched this before. I've never watched any of these before, actually, so I'm kind of watching them with you guys. But here's Pep after they lost to Wolves 3-2. That was a fun game to watch. Pep, how do you sum up your feelings about the result and the performance today? Well, it was not uh, our best day, so we we, we started good, and, you know, we want to give patience to, to our game. I know how good they defend, but... Uh, we concede one or two, we give them two times to run. We had the problems in that situation and we got nervous a little bit. And our process to, to create the chances was not good, especially in the first half. And and after that we try and at the end at the end the contract with Adamo play a striker or Kutroni or Jimenez, they are so fast and we had the problems. But um, but uh, yeah it was a bad day. When we saw the, the Wolves team, uh, a lot of people reacted saying it's, it's an attacking side rather than some teams coming here and, and maybe putting out a defensive lineup. Was that the case for you? Is that how you saw it? No, they defend. So they play long balls and they defend, and after they make a counter-attack, because they are so good. They are incredible organised, so Moutinho, Ruben Neves, the people, Cody, so they are good players, Boyle, so it's a physical team, strong team. We knew it from the last season, this season, so we know how good they are. And, and that is what it is. So we know the quality of the they have, and 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 we knew, but especially how how they score the goals or the chances they have for the counter attack. So we were not well organized. We lost the balls in position that we cannot lose. It was more difficult. Were you frustrated by the number of chances that that Wolves had, particularly in that first half? Well, they had one, uh, two and a half. Yeah, we had two. We had two in the post, in the Bernardo, in the final. But you know, it, it was not a, a good day. So of course, and they can they they do they did really well. And in terms of when we concede this kind of situation, they can run. Is it a case of, of picking up spirits now, which is important for you? Obviously, the, the the tactical side of football is something you deal with all the time. But the the, the sort of making your players believe that you can come back from this after does not look point. happy right now. It's our profession, and we have to. That is my job, and we're going to, to come back again to try. All right, people. I think I, I hope I'm not boring you. All of a sudden, I got through that one. I was like, am I boring people? Maybe. But I wanted to throw a fun one in here, just in case. Here's Wayne Rooney after his Derby County debut, which I think most people that are listening to this podcast probably know from D.C. United to English... Football championship team, Derby County, as a player coach, he played today, and they won. Shout out Dwayne Holmes as well. Wayne, your Derby debut and a victory as well. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Obviously, um, good win. Barnes leading good form, unbeaten in five. And the, I've obviously watched the game early on in the season. It's a different team, different Barnsley. Um, to what that team was, to make it difficult for you to get on the ball and... Um, but we be crazy. We should have been first half. We should have been three four up. Um, Jack Murray had um, a lot of chances, and um, you need to take them because they're not that difficult to chances. So he knows that. He knows he should should do better with them. Um, makes it a bit easier for us. But no, it's um, a good victory in the end after seven points out of the last nine. And um, for myself personally, I'm delighted to get ninety minutes. Yeah, and involved in in both goals as well. Yeah, I think the first one was obviously a, a nice ball, good finish from Jack. And the second one, um, it was probably the only time, really one or two times, I could get on the ball with a bit of time and um, picked Andre Elton, great crossing, great finish by Waggy. How did it feel being back out there? It's been a bit of time since your last game in, in the MLS. I know you've been you've been raring and, and, and waiting to go for this. Yeah, it's been it was nice. Obviously, been training for a long time now, um, so it's always nice to get back on the pitch. 
Um, but no, felt good. Um, obviously, the most important thing for us was the three points. And wearing the captain's armband as well. Yeah, obviously, um, the manager um, stressed to me that he wanted me to, to become captain, and both myself and the manager spoke with Curtis. We thought done a fantastic job. Um, so from now on, I'll take over. And the FA Cup wow, this weekend, the competition you got a lot of love for. I know. Are you hoping to, to be back out there again? Yeah, I hope so. Obviously, I think anyone knows me knows I want to play in all the games. Obviously, have to see um, recover well now. Um, it's a good huh. turnaround. Um, get a good recess, good recovery session in, and, and try and be ready for Sunday. And just finally, you've been waiting for this. The fans have been waiting for it as just as long. A word on, on the reception from the crowd tonight. Yeah, great reception from the crowd. Um, in fairness, I've been to obviously Obviously. all the games over the last month and they've given me a great reception. So it's nice to be out there today on the pitch and and, um, helping the team with the win. Well done. Thank you. All right, just a quick little preview. If we jump down into the English League Championship, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Derby County is 17th out of 24 teams. So 22, 23, 24 get relegated. Uh, they are six points off the drop, but at 17, they are, I mean, they're quite a ways outside of a playoff spot. 33 points. No, they're eight points off of sixth place Swansea City in the playoffs. So Leeds United is uh, top of the table with 52 points and a tw- plus 22 goal differential. West Brom, they're uh, 52 points, twenty uh, same as uh, Leeds United in points, but goal differential is a little less and then three through six actually do an end of year playoffs if you don't know um but that's brentford nottingham forest fulham who got relegated last year and swansea city but that you know there's not a lot of points separating four from 12 like cardiff city is at 12 four points off of uh of that spot which i do like some championship I do think that Wayne Rooney's appearance at Derby County, Derby County is super interesting narrative, and I'm going to pay attention to it. So that was cool. So that actually gets me to kind of my rant, I guess. I, I think I made it there. Uh, kind of a weird episode. But I don't know. Maybe an interesting journey to some. I wanted to end it with a Camber, Cameron Carter Vickers interview. It's six minutes long. It's on the U.S. Soccer Channel if you want to check out the video. But uh, if you don't know, Carter Vickers is a USMNT pool guy. He's with Tottenham Hotspur, but has been on loan a lot recently. He just got recalled by Tottenham. Uh, I think he's going to get sent out again. He's just playing at Stoke, but I don't know. Cool guy. Interesting history. My last name is Carter Vickers. That's Carter-Vickers. That's my dad, Howard. He's from Louisiana. That's my mom, Geraldine. She's from Essex. I have two last names, two parents, two homes. Carter and Vickers, American and British. Baton Rouge and South End on Sea. Both sides make me who I am. On the one side, you might have noticed his accent. On the other side, I'm able to say, I'm Cameron Carter Vickers. I'm 20 years old, and I'm a defender for the United States men's national team. Oh, 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 you got yeah. oh. what I got? Nothing, I don't think. He's a baller. Eh, not a bad shot. Good shot, good shot. You done warmed up, huh? All right, dude. Dad's got a jumper, too. Look at that. You never lose that touch. Mm, you lose your nice athletic shot. ability, but you never lose that touch. Huh. I think I knew from quite young that um, he played professionally. I think he said he got to the final four with LSU one year. So I started, I kind of like Googled that and was trying to see if I could find anything on YouTube of it. I uh, had a decent career at LSU. It was all SEC, three years. I ended up His dad, Howard Carter. after two NBA seasons. That's where I met Cameron's mother. When he was born, the midwife said, because she said he'd come out holding his head up, she said, I've never seen a child like this before. And literally, from the minute, he just would not sit down, would not do anything. He had to be active the whole time. As a kid, I used to go back to America maybe like once a year in the summertime. The summertime was like vacation time for me, but he didn't want to stop. He wanted you to kick the soccer ball with him, 
he'll be like, Dad, you, you be the keeper. You be the goalkeeper. I'm going to score. I'm going to score. Of course, he'll score over and over because he was so close. It was like a penalty kick. <laughs> Maybe when I was at 10, we was playing football in the back garden and shooting go out and shooting, shooting at her. And I kept Talking scoring. About his grandma. So I said to my nan, like, come on, man. Like, try it. Try it. So the next shot I took, she really tried to save it. So she's kind of like stuck out her arm. And the ball she's hit her on the arm and she's broke her wrist. Oh. I don't think he really sort of realised what he'd done. And he just carried on, just, you know, she's sitting there with her arm on the cushion. <laughs> and I come in like, what's going on? So, yeah, she broke her arm. <laughs> They're at a little uh, English this is suburb, it looks like. chart that my mum used to do. So she used to, like, measure me as I was growing up. Um, so here... He's got some of the ages here as well. She's so looking at a wall with all these pencil drawings of how tall he was. A lot of soccer trophies. I think maybe when I was six, I kind of joined a team called Catholic United, which is like a Sunday league team. And then I, I think at the age of maybe 10 is when I joined like the academy at Tottenham. In England, we leave school at 16. Tottenham kind of take charge of your education. Mm -hmm. Once you know that you're going to get given the scholarship and you're going to go full-time is when you start to think that, you know, maybe you could, if you work hard and continue to progress and maybe you could do it as a career. Picture him and Poach. So I think it was one day after Ipswich training, town. the manager called me into his office and just said that he thinks it'll be good if I go out on loan and, and you know, get to play games consistently. Showing He's the images so of Ipswich's strong. stadium, which is awesome. He's not the archetypal football look, if you like. He's, you know, squatting. He's very tough. Wins his headers, he's very physical. He's a manager. He doesn't get done for pace. He's got all the attributes to be a Premier League footballer. I've really enjoyed the games I've played. It's a tough league. Often you play like two times a week, three times a week, so physically and, and mentally as well, it's, it's quite demanding, but enjoyed it. Guess it's League One? No, 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 Championship. It's gotta be Championship. Idiot. He said he wanted to represent the United States because it keeps him connected to his American family and that made me feel good yeah. that he thought of us. It's because he can get time, Dad. Let's be actually standing inside bit. the pitch, ready to go on. I think that's when it kind of uh, hit me and that's when I did, to be honest, I did feel a bit nervous and a bit anxious. His debut, November 17, uh, 2017 yeah, against Portugal. That's what every young player wants to do. Like, growing up, you always want to represent your country at full, full level, so it was fantastic, it was great. This is a ball that I got given after my debut against Portugal. Um, all the players that are in the in the squad at the time signed the ball. It's right by the front door, so when people come in, you know, they get to see it. It's quite a proud moment for me, so so I kind of have it on show. Of course. Yeah, I feel like all my family in America, you know, are super proud of me and they're proper engaged, you know, with, with football now. I think before they wouldn't, if you tried to talk to them about soccer, they wouldn't even have a conversation with you, but. I feel like now I play for the national team and, and stuff like that, they're more engaged in the sport and, you know, they're kind of interested and they want to kind of learn more about it. With yeah. me not being there as a father all the time, some kids can get resentments and have a negative feeling, but I think it's the opposite with him. He's proud to say I'm his dad and he's proud to say he plays for the United States that his dad's American. And I am immensely proud of him, and I do every now and again I will say to him, oh, I'm quite proud of you, Cameron, but I also think I want to be, I'm proud of him for who he is, not just the football. By the time the next World Cup comes around, uh -huh. personally, I want to be in a position where I can help, help the national team, you know, make that World Cup and, and do well in it. That was kind of fun. That was the uh, US Soccer Channel. You know what? For shits and giggles, if you've made it this far and are interested in U.S. men's national team, and do my personal favorite, Tyler Adams. This is my home, Wappingers Falls, New York. It's 75 miles from the New York Red Bull Academy, where I started playing when I was 11. Almost every day for the last seven years, I've made that 75-mile trek to and from. It's a grind but I don't mind, because if there's one thing I want people to know about me, it's that, I'm a grinder. 
I'm Tyler Adams. I'm 19 years old, and I play midfield for the United States men's national team. Every morning I'll wake up, make my shake, and get prepared in the same ways. I just think that good professionals do create good habits. Definitely being in school and having to do the drive, it was definitely a grind and a commitment. Having to go to practice probably 8.30 to 10, uh, not getting back home until 12 o'clock, uh, waking up the next morning at, at 7 o'clock and having to go to school, it definitely wasn't the typical uh, teenage adolescent uh, schedule. Driving down now is going to be my eighth year, seventh year, since I was 12, so long, long time. In the beginning, my mom raised me on her own. She was a single mother. She did a lot to do whatever she can to, to make ends meet. With me being a single parent for a while, he was always very involved in whatever had to be done. If it snowed and we needed to shovel the driveway, he was out there with me. Like, Mom, where's my shovel? Mom, you know, what do you need help with? Yeah, yeah, emotionally, I guess you could say that that I'm kind of a mama's boy. <laughs> she's just done so much for me from, you know, the life skills she's provided me with to be brave on the field uh, and have the work ethic that I do. It definitely pushes me to be the best that I can be. When he was a freshman in high school, he was playing for Red Bull Academy, and he was playing JV basketball as well. He was able to be a high honor roll student in school, balance a demanding basketball schedule as well as an academy. Uh, schedule. Sounds surprising. He just has that Pretty drive, you know, that competitiveness in him, that, 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 that fight to get better every day. And, and that, for me, kind of was unbelievably chunky. impressive for a 14, 15 year old kid to do what he did during that time Not to dad balance all of Step that. Step daddy, probably. I feel like you just kind of get, yeah, put, put through these little tests of like, in order to be the best player that you can become. Um, obviously, the drive was always part of my challenge and my parents' challenge as well. So I think that. It definitely has helped me in a big way. To the car right now, yeah, driving on Jersey Road. For us, but he's had to do all the work. Hmm. So we're back at the field where I did my first RDS camp. I was about, I want to say, 11 or 12 years old, and it's like Ramico. Basically, Ramico. Mom an email saying, "Yeah, there's a Red Bulls program not too far from us. This was actually the closest one, and it's about 40 minutes from my house." And I remember in the summertime coming out to, to this turf field and this was probably my first time playing on turf when I was 11 and I mean I remember it was like 100 degrees and the pair of cleats I had at the time they were probably some fake Nike cleats and, and uh, they melted right apart so I had to call my mom and tell her to bring me another pair it's really cool now being back and seeing kind of where it all started for my Red Bulls career and, and where it took me now so it's really cool to be back yeah he's back he's back now we're uh, Red Bull New York. Get to see some of that going on. For me, this is from 2018, it's my whole team. so before it RB Leipzig. I'm an icon to my family, and now at the professional ranks, it means even more to me because now I get to look down at some of the younger guys, including my younger brother who's on the Red Bull team, and look at how much it means to yeah. him. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you, bro? Good. Great to see you. Good to see you how's as well. Good? good, yeah. Who we got in here? Look who we got here. Hey. Hello, how are you guys? That's what I'm hearing, so Dylan told me, so I guess I'm going to take a look real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That's pretty cool. Got some new decals and Red Bull stuff. It's a big picture. I want that in my room. Huh? I wish I had a haircut for that. <laughs> but it is what it is. Dap, my, dap myself up. <laughs> People are so critical of themselves. The first camp for U.S. soccer for the U14 age group back then is in August. After the first camp, he was the best player. He was the captain from that point on. He's been in every camp when he's available. Look at that. A little young Pulisic wearing number eight. Best player for his age group. I'm like, wow, he's representing the U.S. And for me... That's when I get emotional. Check out this channel. <laughs> Every it's a time the national channel. anthem plays and like he it. sings and covers his heart, you know, with his hand. I lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance you have to put that jersey on and look down at your chest and see the, the U.S. crest there is an amazing honor. 
for me, anytime, whether it's from U14 to the senior team debut, you never know when you're going to get that chance, and, and you can never take that chance for granted. And, and, you know, putting on the red, white, and blue and knowing that there's so many people behind you, whether it's the American Outlaws, your coaches, all the people that you've played for, is definitely a huge meaning for me. These are some of the things that I've been able to collect, some of the, the games that I played against Croatia, uh, in Croatia for my first ever national team camp. First cat ball, definitely a really cool moment. What an honor to put the jersey on and, and, and play against Portugal. It was an amazing feeling. Tyler, where are you? I bet, man. Yeah, this was uh, the first cap. You could still see the stains on it. <laughs> uh, but the U.S. versus Portugal in Portugal in front of all our fans. <sighs> Got to be my, my favorite number, number four. In the national team, I just want to cement myself within the group. You want to be one of those guys that can become a regular, getting call-ups, starting consistently within games, and it's just one of those things that, yeah, you can never take for granted because you don't know when that next opportunity will arise. Returns it for Tyler Adams. He's behind the last defender. Adams is in. That was a goal with me for Red Bulls, you know, to try to cement myself, earn the respect of others, and then become a starter for the team. So I think that why not have the same goals for the national team and play the most influential part of the national team that I can? Yeah, good buddy. I'm on my daughter's Christmas present right now. Rooster and the devil. Rooster and the devil. Rooster and the devil. 